No kid should have ever watched this episode. Not a single child watched this episode. I hope you don't. That's the disclaimer before we start because when it when it all is said and done and this show ends, you're going to this to start this with the disclaimer cuz I'm going in. All right? But I want to know. I want you kids to know that I got your back. All right? And you, I hope your parents tell you that that watch this episode because no kid should watch this episode. At the end of the episode, I'm going to bring this back around to the fact that we need to protect these kids. How you doing? The sole purpose of the podcast is entertainment. The opinions and the views expressed on the show are not based on any fucking facts. No parties are liable, and all comments are made in parody. If you're offended, go punch yourself. Not really. Don't do that thing. Don't harm yourself in any way, and don't do any of the shit that we're talking about. Enjoy the show! By the bone realest part of the room, how you doing? You are tuned in to the realest chance. How you doing? You doing? What are those? Nothing but fuck. Are you there? I got this sauce. What the fuck is that? This box here. Wild thing, bitch. Once a champ, always a champ. Forever champion. You are listening to the realest champion? Rolling. Oh, you gonna start with that shark glizzy video or what? Oh, I want that shark glizzy because we gonna get into it. We gonna get into it. You seen the shark glizzies? That shark glizzy, nah, nah, nah. I mean, okay. it's it's fine. Here we go the shark glizzy coming in right now, hot. Coming in, hot. Right there, but the music is there. Alright, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. I'm taking these off. I don't need to hear myself like that. Like that. Alright, why we put the glizzy video up? So I put the glizzy video up because it's in J-Pan, for okay. one. Shout out to the J-Pan. Alright, shout out J-Pan. Great place. Have you ever been to Japan? Uh, no, no. Not yet. I'm going to tell you about Japan. Talk to me now. That's where we're going. So... 2017, maybe 18, I don't remember, it was early 18 or end of 17, but I was cruiserweight, no, actually it had to be end of 17 because I, I wasn't the champion yet, okay, but imagine, I've had a plenty of singles matches one-on-one -on -one with people in NXT, right, but when I get called up to Monday Night Raw, the only singles matches I have, which is kind of crazy, is on TV. I never work singles on live events. So if they're not telecast on TV, I would only be wrestling in tag matches at live events. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you guys don't see it on TV. Wrestling's happening in cities around the world. WWE might hit Philly on Monday. But before they get there, uh, for Raw, which is taped... We're going to start up in Bangor, Maine on Friday. We're going to drive to Westminster, Massachusetts on uh, Saturday. Then on Sunday, we're at the Barclays Center. And then by the time we're done with Barclays, Monday, we're down in Philly. So about two, three, four hours in between each shot. Now, on those matches, live events that are not televised, I'm only wrestling in tag team matches with big cast. Now... 2017, I'm about to be a singles competitor. Me and Cass are in the middle of a feud, okay? And the fans probably know the timeline better than I do. Me and Cass break up. When we're breaking up, they're booking us on live events. And, like, it's like a segment where, like, I don't know, Cass has a match or something happens and I'm out there because they were pretending I was hurt and shit. Like, Cass beat me up or something. I was fucking hurt. So I wasn't wrestling matches. So imagine we're on tour. And I know that I'm not wrestling. I'm getting fucked up. I was out that bitch drinking. I was drinking Yo. everywhere we went. I was at every party, every bar, <laughs> meeting all the people, man. Networking. We call it networking. So I wanted to expand my network to Japan. And I was in Japan networking. Wow. Uh, now... 
have you hey, you've never been to Japan? No. I've only been there once, but we were on tour and we were in Singapore and then we were in Japan. So imagine I get to the arena in Japan off of a night uh, three sheets to the wind because in New Zealand, Australia, and Singapore, where I just was, I was doing me and Cass. He has a match. My music hits or some shit, and I come out. We do like a uh, uh, like a segment in the ring where it's like, bah, and he boots me in the face, and like hey, it's just like talking. And I get to the arena in Japan after a night on the town. Which, by the way, has anybody here ever heard of Rapungi? No. Nah, Rapungi makes fucking Vegas seem like Jacksonville, Florida, dog. This place is lit. This place is wild. And you walk down the street and there's just like some guy with a Nigerian accent, just like women, 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 women. And you walk into these strip clubs and there's just like a human trafficking experiment happening. I don't know what to tell you. There's like every ethnicity of woman lined up and it's like, choose one. I was, I went in there with a few of the boys just to like pop our heads in. We were drinking having fun drinking hot sake and we're out on the town drinking hot sake walking through Rapungi, and, and and they're showing me this town for the first time and we got some like japanese guys that in wrestling if you got a fan that has money they call them a money mark okay. so we got money marks in japan because a lot of the guys i'm with have wrestled in japan full time so they know people who want to take them out and, and show them a good time so these guys that were from Japan, these guys were great. They were awesome. Uh, these Japanese gentlemen took us out. We did karaoke, and we got lit. Got lit. And I was drinking hot sake all night, thinking to myself, all I got to do is cut a promo tomorrow for top five, ten minutes, and that's a wrap. I show up to the building. And I am booked in my first ever singles match on a live event. And not only am I booked in my first singles match on a live event in the WWE in Japan, I'm wrestling Kenta. Oh, damn. Fucking, bro, it was like a rib. It was like I got to the arena and like all the boys were looking at me and I went up to the fucking board and I looked and I, and like everybody's like looking at me to see my reaction. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? That can't be right. <laughs> what the fuck? But I knew I was going to be a cruiserweight in the cruiserweight division, so it made sense. So I was like, holy shit. Fucking better drink some water. So I fucking, I went out there and I had a match against Kenta in Japan that was like 15 minutes. And at the end of it, Big Cass came out and like hit us and it was a disqualification. So neither person won. Actually, technically... I think he hit Kenta first, so Kenta won, won. <laughs> right? That's probably how it went. And, uh, man, that was a dream come true, bro. You're talking about wrestling Kenta in Japan, and we had a good match. Like, the, the boys were like, yeah, it was good. Like, when we came through the curtain, people came up to me and were putting it over, but fuck if I remember any of it. I don't remember any of it, and I don't know that I'll ever see it. <laughs> that, there's definitely not footage of that anywhere. I'd be surprised. But um, I'm trying to find it, but I don't real uh, no, it wouldn't be real. <clears throat> it would be Enzo Amore versus Kenta in Japan. That definitely is in a WWE archive somewhere. Uh, but Kenta's the man. He was cool as fuck. I did a lot of work with him in NXT, and I knew him well. But it was still a dream come true to uh, have wrestled him in Japan. I just wish I could have taken the go to sleep his move where he pops a guy up and knees him in the face. CM Punk uses it. Uh, Oh, I didn't get to do it that night, but I've definitely taken the go to sleep, I think, in NXT. I used to work tag matches in NXT a lot of the time in the main event to save people's bodies. You wouldn't want to have a one-on-one -on -one match every single night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if you have Finn Balor, Samoa Joe on your roster, uh, Kenta, Tyler Breeze, these guys, you'd want to keep them healthy. They were main eventing a lot yeah. on TV and shit. So in order to keep them healthy, they would put them in six-man tags. So it would be like Finn Balor, Enzo and Cass versus Samoa Joe and FTR or Samoa Joe and Blake and Murphy or Samoa Joe and the Vaude Villains. One of the heels, top heels, and then one of the top baby faces with Enzo and Cass. So we worked main event matches all the fucking time, but they were always three-on-three three and shit or four-on-four. Uh, this was like a crazy, weird situation that happened to me. But 
my point is, I got a Japanese story, all right? So I'm in fucking Rapungi. And so I enjoyed myself so much the first night with all the boys that uh, the next night we had an early ass flight. And I was like, I'm just probably going to stay up all night. And I don't remember that anybody wanted to go out or what happened, but I ended up in Rapungi by my fucking self. And I got out of a taxi cab in Rapungi at all the bright lights looking around like, what, right? And a cop immediately comes up to me and just asks me for my passport. And then they like turn me around and they're like about to arrest me or some shit. And I'm like, wait, what? And then after that happened, I went and asked Gallows and Anderson who lived in Japan for a long time, like, what's that all about? Like, has that ever happened? They're like, bro, that never happened to us. <laughs> fucking kind of crazy. But I think that they thought I was in a gang or something because apparently if you have tattoos and I had the crazy hair, yeah. but what's crazy is, so there's an image of me with a tattooed uh, tear on my eye, right? And I'm wearing ripped jeans. I got on black and yellow Jordan 1s. I got an American flag bandana tattooed backwards on my head. And I got on this shirt that I bought shopping, walking through Japan. Me, Bailey, this wrestler, Sasha, and I think Neville maybe. We went out and went like shopping during the day. And they just had this giant sign that said condoms. And there was like a fucking condom, like giant condom, like caricature on the on the fucking wall i have that picture on my phone I'll, I'll try to find it for you but it's like have you ever seen a condom advertised with like a giant condom fucking cartoon no no, no. and like, like the in the middle of japan yeah, no. and it's like people walking everywhere it's just crazy and i went to the gucci store i balled the fuck out i bought some wild ass shit but i bought this crazy ass shirt at some like high-end japanese place and it was like silk buttoned down it was orange and i'll find the picture of it because I'll get there to this story. So what happens is I'm out in Rapungi by myself wearing the outfit I'm talking about, the American flag bandana on backwards, hair crazy, dangly earring and shit and nose stud. And I got pulled over by cops immediately, like stepped out of a taxi, thrown against the wall, give up my passport, think I'm going to jail for nothing. So confused. But then after that, I go start drinking hot sake. And I imagine right. that I got. I, I imagine that I got roofied, because I straight up don't remember anything after that. Damn. Right? I don't remember any of it. True story. Vague memory that will come to me later. So now I'm I'm in fucking Rapungi, blacked out, and Lord knows what I'm up to. I get back to the hotel apparently because the what I wake up to is bang, 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 bang on the door, right? And at this time, I had been wiling out for like a few months, living the dream, like going out every night, partying, and sometimes, maybe twice ever, twice ever, twice ever, but not acceptable, not allowed. You can't do it, especially if you're Enzo. Other people get away with it. They did. I witnessed them do it. But I got to be on the bus 15 minutes early, okay? Because if I'm not, then I'm late. Let's just say I was a little late a couple times, and I smelt like a bag of liquor, and uh, wasn't a good look. Wasn't a good look. Not for the company, not for me, not for anybody. But I was getting away with it because I was getting away with it. You know what I mean? Like, I was... I was living it. I was out there. I was doing it, and I didn't give a fuck. So there's the difference. You fuck know? you. Ah, you don't fuck it. I show up. I fucking go. But, bro, one time I fucked up, man, and I and I, uh, I had my phone on airplane mode, and I set an alarm, but my phone never changed time zones. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so now I wake up, and the bus is gone. We're in, like, Germany or some shit, and, like, I got to get to the venue. Whenever I show up to the venue, they wanted to fucking kill me. Big Show was like, Rah. and I just stood up and I just said, hey, guys, I just wanted to apologize for being late for the bus. 
And uh, I had to deal with it, man. It was heat. It was heat. But now we're talking about this is about to happen again. And Big Cass nips it in the butt. Because Big Cass is looking out for me. Even though we're broken up at this time in wrestling, we're breaking up. We're making a lot of money for the company. And he knows, like, we, we you know, there's a TV coming up where me and him are breaking up and he so he that's his money too you know i'm fucking up his money if i how far in advance do you know that though like how far before that? we're going through a storyline where me and Cass are breaking up on television so we know that that's coming up so like this could affect that if i miss this bus because we're about to go take a flight back to america uh, and i'm laying in a hotel in japan but i was always smart enough to pack my shit the night before always right so my bags are at the door and I hear bang, 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 bang. And I like, I don't even know if I woke up. I think maybe he got the hotel to open the door. He comes in the room, bro. He starts flipping the bed, screaming, fucking dude. I've never seen Big Cass so mad at me, bro. He was so pissed. He's fucking fuming. He's like, bro, what the fuck is wrong with you? But luckily for me. Everything was packed. So in a matter of three to five seconds, I was up on my feet in the outfit that I had on that night walking onto a flight to America in this ridiculous outfit that I just wore out in Japan from the night before. And I know that people were looking at me fucking sideways like this fucking, this fucking idiot, dude. Like, but hey, man, I was living my life at the time. Hey, look, you only live once. You can only be famous for the first time once. You can only do this shit one time for the first time. I don't have any regrets. Nobody was having as much fun as I was. Hey, and I know this for a fact and we'll get there. So that next day, dog, like, I'm hurting, but we have a layover in Dallas that's connecting us to Phoenix. And all these flights get fucked up. And now we basically roll straight into television in Phoenix for Monday Night Raw. Right? And I never changed my outfit. And I still got the grease in my hair from the fucking wet noodles in Japan. Uh, I'm like feeling myself. You know when you're riding that wave where there's nothing in the tank and you haven't slept and you got, you know, liquor on your brow, but somebody has to realize that nobody is battling a demon harder than you. And you're not about to let them say that you fucked up or had a bad night of work or couldn't wrestle or did a bad job because you've been out all night fucking around. You can't give them that ammunition. There's a gun to your head. So you got to go out there and perform better than anyone on the card. And then they can't really say shit. At least that's the way I thought about it back then. That's the right way to think about it, though. Like, you want to be, like... Rock star living, both sides of the curtain, wild. Set an example, quote-unquote. Well, no. If, dude, if, if they saw me now, it would be like, bro, night and day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 5.30 in the morning, I'm usually up 6 a.m. and working out, not drinking from the, from the night before, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I was young. I was living. I was doing it, though, dog. I was fucking doing it. So, I'm out here. I'm in this crazy, ridiculous hey, outfit. And as I'm walking backstage, all the people keep saying to me, you look awesome. That that's a great outfit. Love that shirt. Finn Balor comes up to me like, "Love that shirt, mate." Like, where did you get that, right? So I'm thinking to myself, "Fuck it. I'm going to wear this all day and on TV. I'm going to wear this outfit on TV." Unbeknownst to the world, just 2 days ago I was wearing it in Japan. Haven't changed yet, right? So this is where it gets interesting because now here's your timeline. I flew all my friends out. I had money, dog, and I was willing to blow it. We're talking about BMF, blowing money fast. You can't hand me a million dollars when I'm 30 years old. I'll show you how to fucking spend it, dog. I flew every one of my friends from my hometown to my mansion in L.A. that I was living with my homies from high school. And I threw a banger of a party in the Hollywood Hills with my homies, right? And everybody was there. 
I had a mad celebrities show up. It was a crazy party. Like, and comedians out the wazoo. I was really tight with the comedian crews out there in LA, and I love comedy. So those are the people I wanted. Those were fame to me. The famous people I wanted to be around were famous comedians, not like famous actors or NBA players or shit. No, I want to be around funny motherfuckers who made me laugh and I could steal jokes from. So, no, I'm joking. Huh? I've definitely heard a thing or two that, out there in L.A. that sparked a thought that led to a joke that you heard on TV. But not a thief. Not a thief. You got to come original. You got to come original. How was the, how All was entertainers the, come original. How was your show at the fucking Uncle Vinny's? So I'm not done here. Oh, yeah. you're. Japan. I'm in fucking Phoenix. Oh, you're in Phoenix. Sorry. Me and Big Cass are breaking up. I have all of my friends in L.A. from high school. My flight is on Monday morning, right? I get a phone call from my sister before I arrive to the arena that I have every single credit card to my name maxed out, credit card theft. I have no credit card. I can't spend my money. So I report that shit, all the money that was fucking stolen from me i reported right but i was blacked out in rapungi and i have no idea what the fuck happened right but i can't use my credit cards luckily my debit was fine but my credit cards they all got jacked up so maybe somebody got me you know what i mean like hit my shit right p.s fast forward i'm in phoenix and now i find out that I am in the biggest segment of Monday Night Raw, the opening segment, opening the show with the microphone to cut a promo that leads to me and Big Cass's match. The go-home promo. The most important promo of my entire career. I have to cut this promo to open Monday Night Raw, the biggest segment that there is. You want to open the show. That's when you get the most viewers. Not in the main event, not three hours later, when you want to open it. That's the biggest segment. Well, fuck. I find out I'm opening the show and have the green light to get out of the arena, and I know all my friends are in L.A., so I don't have to stay. I could catch a flight and fly to la that night but it has to be right after i get off tv bag on the outside of gorilla see you later everybody literally walk off tv walk into a car and i'm at the airport and that's exactly how it goes down i go out there and i cut the greatest promo of my career on the mic right and as i'm walking out people like kind of want to congratulate me and things like that and like people want to talk to me and i'm like ah, yo i'm out i just buzz straight out the building realize a few hours earlier that I didn't have credit cards. So I called my best friend, Jesse. Shout out, Jesse. I was like, yo, you need to buy me a flight. Here's uh, buy me a flight tonight. Don't tell anyone I'm coming because everyone expects me tomorrow morning. Everyone expects to see me tomorrow morning. So I want to surprise all 20 of my friends that I flew out to my mansion rental. This <laughs> is fucking rental, dog. But we were living and we had this big ass mansion. So they're all out there, and I get my boy to buy me a flight. And I get one of the fucking guys who's a, a, a runner because I can't use Uber. My phone won't work because my credit cards are all fucked. So I get one of the runners to give me a fucking ride. And this guy's driving me and, like, sees me hit my vape. He's like, you smoke anything else? I'm like, fuck yeah, bro. Pulls out a joint. Now I'm smoking a fucking J with this guy. I just got off TV. Fucking riding to the airport, smoking a J, talking to this fucking guy. He's like, you do anything else? I'm like, what else you got, man? Fucking... No, I didn't end up doing anything else. But, and, uh, uh, you know, so yeah, I'm short. So he, he had a few things, though. He had, he had some party favors. And so now, let's just say I'm in the airport and I'm fucking wiling out. And I'm fucking drinking beer. And I'm sitting in the airport and Raw is on TV. You understand what I'm saying? It's a three-hour show. Raw is on TV. I'm at the airport, and a guy comes up to me, right? And I'm flying, and I'm like this, and fucking I'm drinking, and I'm high, and I'm fucking high as fuck flying. And the guy comes up to me, and he's like, hey, man, weren't you just on TV? Because he had been sitting there watching it. And I was like, 
yeah, buddy. And he was like, holy shit. I get on this flight. My boy's there to pick me up. I get back to my house and all my friends are there. And I come running in backwards, literally, like my entrance on TV, straight into the pool in that outfit still. Right? The fucking outfit. In the same outfit. Run backwards, land in the pool, fully clothed. Everybody, huge pop in the backyard. Everybody from my hometown is wilding out. They are watching me on TV because it airs a little later in L.A. So they just saw me on TV. They did not expect to see me like 20 minutes later. So uh, now I'm at my house and I'm in L.A. And my little brother and my sister, uh, my little brother and my best friend Rich, talking to me i'm like yeah bro i couldn't get here because my credit cards were blown out and blah 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 and then my buddy rich is like whoa, whoa, whoa wait, what'd you say he's like oh your credit cards are tapped now where were you i was like i don't fucking remember anything he's like oh they pull a screenshot and they show it to me right i'm on facetime with them and apparently all i kept screaming was every ethnicity dog every ethnicity and I'm in a room, and there's just every ethnicity of woman behind me. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. Wow. I don't remember any of it. Lord knows how much it cost. Lord knows how much they fucking ran my credit card for and fucking... Lord knows what happened. I'll never find out, but my friends... They had, a, they had a screenshot that looked like I literally enjoyed the greatest night of my entire life. Hey, dope. And I took that, that rock and roll shit straight onto that television screen all the way from Japan. Um, absolute savage. Zero fucks at the time. Now, I tell people all the time, man, they made a movie about my <laughs> life. It would be the fox and the hound, except this one would just have the hound as zero fox. That's, that's my life, bro. Um, you got to live. And I used to say something that now doesn't sound so good. Like, huh, like but I used to say this, and now I kind of look at it, and I'm like, man, this could be taken the wrong way. But don't take this the wrong way. Usually preceded by something you're going to take the wrong way. Uh, I used to say... You'll never know. Oh, no, no, no. If you live your life, if you don't live your life seeing exactly how much you can get away with, you'll never know how truly brilliant life can be. Push it to that fucking, I'm about to get kicked out of college. I'm about to get kicked out of... Okay. That's too much there. I pushed it to the limit in every aspect of my life. Whether it was partying, drinking, women, not, not women like that. Like I was just out here meeting women all the time, right? Uh, what do you call that? I'm not a womanizer. I was just a really funny guy, you know? And it comes to territory. They say funny don't make money in wrestling. Bullshit. Funny makes plenty money. And funny also makes money plenty pussy, all right? Mm -hmm. You get that, that I know my best friend, right? I don't want to throw him under the bus like that. But I got a buddy. You know, he's a big guy. Big guy. Hefty guy. And I find that maybe there's a lot of women out there that have fetishes with big guys. I don't know what it is. But this guy got pussy. And he got good-looking ladies. Good-looking ladies fucked with him. You know why? Because he was fucking hilarious. And he wasn't threatening at all. And you felt safe and comfortable. And a woman could be that freak she wanted to be and do whatever she, I, I, like, I don't know. My man, and I know other guys who, like, my homies, big guy, fat, and, and he, gets, he gets it too. So he's funny. So, you know, Who's your daddy? Daddy. I'm sorry. You know, but when, when, you, when, you, when you live that life to all extremes, you'll see how brilliant it is. I mean, the shit that comes out of that. I get to look back at it one day. I definitely don't do it now, and I never, ever will, and it would probably be disheartening, and I would probably have a hard time doing it. I'm not one of those. Like, that's the reason why we didn't do a podcast to begin with, because, like, what? I'm supposed to film myself and fucking edit myself and line up the audio and then listen to myself back and then fucking send it? What kind of narcissist are you? 
What kind of fucking weirdo do you want to sit there and be so interested in yourself? Could you imagine doing videotapes where you videotape yourself and you're like, hi, everybody. How are you today? Oh, that wasn't good enough. Let me do it again. Hi, everybody. How are you? Oh, no, that ain't it. How many? Fo- what? That's what you do? That's a fucking sicko. You're a weirdo, bro. Like, I learned how to do something pro-wrestle, and therefore I had something to say. But I didn't feel like this was the lane. Like, dude, I'm not that guy. Like, I'll write a script for a movie before I fucking just were to go and podcast off rip. But now I just see that people, and myself included, are in cars and we want to listen to something all the time. And I listen to people speak all the time. And I was like, damn, bro, I could... Fucking run, put my mouth on a treadmill. I can give you sound bites or I can give you substance. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, let it rip, dog. Tell the stories. The, the, no one's ever going to tell them for you. And if I don't tell that shit to you, how the fuck are you ever going to know about the shit you were seeing on TV or, you know, the guy that was and the rumors that there was floating around? It's like, fuck yeah, I partied. Fuck yeah, I lived the dream. Fuck yeah, I went out every night, didn't sleep. Went wild. Met more women in a week than you probably met in your fucking life, dog. And uh, had to calm that shit down. <sighs> Take that shit down a notch. But, you know, hey, man, um, if you're bad, let the good girls watch and you'll get some top-notch crotch. I think that deserves an applause. You know what What's that? That deserves an applause. That deserves an applause. Um, and it's, and now it's sex tapes over scandals, which is a sad day in a sad world that we live in, bro. You know, I was listening to Joey Diaz on Andrew Scholl's podcast, Flagrant, and he was talking about how like, oh, this bitch come out from 10 years ago to fucking, you know what I mean, fucking... It's true. It's like you got to think back to every girl you ever did wrong. Start sending it. It's like fucking, what is it, Happy Gilmore? No, it's Billy Madison. Just checking off the list. Every girl that you ever ran through, like, hey, babe, thinking about you. Hope you're doing okay. It's like, no, maybe that will spark the thought. Was, ah, fucking that motherfucker. You know, you, back back when you would fucking chuck a bitch, that would happen. You know what I mean? Ooh, violent days. Oh, my God. That's terrible to say. Has anybody used that term of endearment about a woman in fucking 2023? Oh, my God. That's violent. I didn't mean to say it like that. But, you know, the boys were the boys. And, and, you know, back in the day, you know, you used to go out looking for ladies. That was the gimmick. Like, what, you weren't? And guess what? The girls that got got, they were out looking for D. Tell me they weren't. Of course they were. It takes two to tango. I want to cock. People wanted to have fun. You were in college. You guys don't remember? They had this thing called fraternities and sororities, and they threw mixers, and everybody got fucked up and got laid? My man. Does that shit still go on? I think so. I think it just becomes a Duke lacrosse scandal now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some girls in there with the lax team. And she's getting fucking lax stick shoved in her from every angle. And she wakes up feeling a little guilty about that day. When her friends start calling her slut and the rumor starts spreading on campus that she was getting fucking the train ran on her. Yeah. You know, the, the, throw that train right off the fucking rails. Just one little, you know, little squeak of the pipes. You know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and these girls are getting their palms greased up by dudes just because they would rather have you shut the fuck up than have that shit come out. It's like an accusation, or imagine being a dude, and you're like, I didn't do that shit. Man, I fucked that. What? I met that girl on a Tuesday. We had sex on a fucking Wednesday, and fucking, what? She, I texted her the next day. It was great. And then that same broad, you know, you didn't, you didn't get the NDA. You didn't videotape her sucking your day. And now you're like, uh, you know what, babe? Rather than tweet about that, here's $100,000. Please don't tell anyone that you claim that I did that, even though you and I both know that I did not do that. That's the world we live in, dog. Straight up. 
Hush money is what they call it, right? You pay a girl to shut the fuck up. And if a girl wants it, she could just take the money and then she signs the NDA and she never talks about it. Like I say this all the time. People want to like talk about morality issues with a married man or whatever. It's like, yo, do you not see these swingers and all these fucking sex men? Pornos. I was talking about this with the homies. Like where do these people exist? I never got invited to the gangbang. Never happened. Nobody ever invited me. I don't think I give off the vibes, not the energy. I don't think my masculinity swings in the direction of, ooh, let's invite this guy. No, no, no. They, I, I don't know. Never got invited. I don't know. what. Maybe it's a smell. Maybe they smell it off you. Maybe it's a scent you give out. But the swingers, the gangbang, the porn stars, okay? I see thousands, if not millions, of new videos and content every day. When you're out at the party or you're out in the masses or you're at the game in the stadium, look around you. There's a lot of people there. A lot of those people get invited to and give invites, RSVP, gangbang. Okay? Uh, how do I know that? Because where the fuck do these people exist? They have to be amongst me. They could be one of you. I don't know. Nobody invites me, and I don't know about that world. But there is so many of them. So fucking many of them. Like, you see a video. Like, there's a girl laid down. One girl, Bukaki. Fucking 50 guys out there just stroking themselves, ready to fucking plaster this girl with Elmer's. It's like... Where is that girl? Where does she exist? And what about all 100 of these dudes in this room? Like amongst us people. So we act like the shit don't exist? Like, nah. Like some people's maritals are different than others. Some people have open relationships. Some people don't talk about it. I don't know what to tell you. But I do know if you're a billionaire, a billionaire, and you are alone in a room with a girl or a guy, Alone, just alone. Anyone after look at look at dude. If the fucking peck popping guy from fucking Old Spice can run around saying he got crying tears, I got I got me too in Hollywood, bro. Like fucking what, bro? You what, bro? What? So if that can happen, and I'm Vince McMahon, and you want to be alone in a room with me, just alone. Not about sex, not about nothing, maybe. I need you to sign this piece of paper. You're signing a fucking NDA. I wish I had an NDA for every girl that ever sucked on my pipe. That would be great, right? Then you're in the clear. Then you know you're good. Or if you're a billionaire, what's pennies on the dollar to you? Thousands, hundreds, millions? Zero fucks given because every man is trying to get his rocks off and this testosterone-driven male jacked to the gills in his 70s is still fucking, man. All right? God bless his ass for still fucking. And if you are alone in a room with him and you signed that piece of paper, I didn't hear a single name come out of that. There wasn't a woman that came out saying, he did this to me. No, no, no. It was company funds they tried to say led to a woman on staff who slept with him willingly, who took money from him, got a, got, got a raise at work. And if you get a raise and you're sleeping with the boss, then that's not okay. Oh, all right. Well, that's your morality. That's your morality issue. That's on you guys to determine whether you think he, what he did was wrong or not. I don't give a fuck. Point blank, period. If you, I'm Vince McMahon, ain't no girl having sex with me without signing an NDA. You know what I mean? You got to watch yourself. And that goes for, I'm sure, everyone in Hollywood, major athletes, unless they're stupid. That's the climate. That's the world you live in. You can't trust these hoes. And Snoop said that shit in 94. Look at what happened to Pac. Everybody celebrates Tupac, loves Tupac, talks about him. Mike Tyson, he owns everything he's ever done in his life zero fucks that guy tell you everything he ever did all the fuck-ups owns it he still to this day says that i didn't fucking i didn't rape that bitch to this day i will never I, that that what happened to me was fun. and in the prime of his career cut down 
by a bitch, by some pussy. Tupac, in the prime of his career, cut down by some pussy. Both of them did jail time for it. Both of them. Look at what happened to me. In my prime with a title around my waist. Some girl comes out to woodwork saying I assault her in a tweet. I don't even get a phone call from the cops. But I'm guilty. Until proven innocent. And I had to prove that I was innocent. That was on me. That's crazy. So that's the world we live in. And uh, so, you know, it's just, it's, 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 it's a matter of fact now. It's, it's just a matter of fact that if you are sucking billionaire dick, you're signed in an NDA. Why don't you ask Donald Trump? Huh? Right? Indictments. Fucking talk. I served the subpoenas. Give him a fucking subpoenas. The bitch wanted a subpoenas. <laughs> fucking... You know what I mean? Like, ah, it's tough. It's terrible. And I I appreciate the young, the next generation. Dude, I was telling you guys earlier, I don't talk to girls in their 20s. Do not talk to me in your 20s. I find out you're under the age of 30. I am not fucking talking to you. You want advice or something like that? (laughs) Like, you want me to fucking, you know what I mean? You want me to fucking tell you, you know, how to make it as a wrestler? I'll probably have three eyewitnesses there in the room when you're doing it. If you're a pro wrestling girl and you meet me on the indie circuit or something, like, fuck, first of all, I ain't shit where I eat and I ain't fucking with these wrestling girls, right? But if you wanted advice or something like that, like, be sweet, be kind to women, always treat women with respect, especially at the workplace. Never talk like I am here amongst the boys. This this conversation would never happen in a room full of women. This is a, a fucking dude talking to a bunch of dudes. And I don't know who's listening right now, but I hope you face the fucking facts, people. Like, this is the world we live in, the climate. You got to watch your ass. If you're a celebrity and you're young and you're making it, you got a target on your back. And we see it's the fall of man. This is what's happening. So when it comes down to it and you're under the age of 30, yeah, the fuck out of I ain't fucking talking to no girl in her 20s. It's just, it's too dangerous. It's a dangerous world we live in. And that gap is too big. For me, it's weird at this point. I'm like, ah, when you're in your 20s, I feel like you could be 29 and mess with a girl who's 20. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're 29, you're at the bar, and a girl's 21. Like, yeah, score, slam dunk. When when you're older than Jesus, when you break that 33... You need to start checking, checking perspective. You need to start realizing you made it. You outlived Jesus. Now you need to start looking around you and realizing you're not a child anymore. Okay? You're not in your 20s. Things are changing. And, you know, I'm lucky to have my hair. That's the truth. Aged, aged in, that, in that manner well. Um, Dick, you know, still going. Um, and, you know, you own it. You, you wear it. Weather. I'm not going to be the one to go and get Botox in my motherfucking face or fucking pull a Mickey Rourke, dog. I'll be the pro wrestler, bro. Yeah, wear that weather, bro. That that graded forehead that Dusty Rhodes used to have. His his forehead looked like a fucking hamburger that wasn't cooked. Has anybody ever looked at Dusty's forehead? All the gimmick marks from busting himself with a blade because when you bleed in wrestling, you gimmicked yourself back in the day. That ain't going to be me, man. I'm, I'm not going to bust my head open bloody on purpose, but I've definitely been hitting the dome way too many times. Uh, hopefully this episode uh, gets me canceled again. Zero fucks. Uh, I got the picture of Dusty Rhodes. Uh, Dusty Rhodes just did work on his forehead. A work of art, that thing. A work of art. All of them. All the old timers got the little scars all over there. Are you zooming in on my fucking forehead? I hope not. Nah, uh, but Dusty looks cut up right there. Yeah. Reminds me of like Leatherface. You remember Leatherface? Well, Leatherface, of course I remember. Speaking of Leatherface, bro, I was out in. Uh, we love you, Dusty. I was out in Florida this week for a week. What a tan I was working on, bro! I was out that bitch looking like, oof. 
And you know what it is? Is I got that Italian in me, okay? And that Italian is the game changer. Because my older sister looks like she's Puerto Rican. And my dad is a DJ. And my dad aged like, oh my God, like, like fucking fine wine. My dad has zero gray hairs on his head. You've seen him. He was born in 1960. Full head of jet black hair. Looks like he's in a Sopranos movie. Pops looks Italian as fuck, right? My, he has a daughter with my mom. My mom's 100% Irish. Blonde hair, blue eyes. And my sister looks nothing like my mom. Nothing. She has jet black, curly, big Afro hair. Looked like she was Spanish. And so when my dad would DJ, we'd be shuffling speakers in and out of kitchens, and catering halls, and my sister was beautiful. And she'd be 16, 17, 18. She worked my dad into her early 20s. And she'd be DJing, and the cooks in the kitchen, Spanish guys would be like, hollering at her in Spanish. And my dad, that's his daughter, you know what I mean? But they don't know that because my dad looks so young that they think, like, they work together or that's, you know what I mean? And um, now when I go out with my dad, people think he's my brother. I don't know if that's a good thing for him or a bad thing for me. (laughs) That's a bad thing. Yeah. But, uh... My sister, beautiful, look brown, dark brown eyes, brown hair, and looks Spanish. And then I am the mix between the two because I got the Italian. You know, I could go out, never put on sunblock ever. I refuse to wear sunblock, and I get I get good color. Okay, it'll turn a red to a brown to a, to a little red brown. But my little brother, I mean, you need to put sunglasses on when he's in the fucking sun reflects off his ass this motherfucker is pasty he is as white as they come my little brother got red hair so imagine you got a spanish looking daughter a red-headed looking little kid and then me i'm right in the middle with the brown hair and the blue eyes right um so that's what you call certified genetics and i will never wear sunblock oh you want to rub a little spf you fucking little SPF action. You fucking... Why don't you go jerk off at your fucking SPF, pal? It's your fucking dick in the sun, buddy. Uh, yeah, so I was out in the sun all week. Flabberta. One of my favorite places to be in the world. And um, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you that I had the time of my life. And I was out at Hogan's. Uh, Hulk Hogan does a yeah, karaoke thing that. every Monday at Hogan's uh, hangout. I met his son, actually, Nick Hogan. Um, and, and, and linked up with him. It was cool. I was there on behalf of, uh, Bushwhacker Luke, the, the Bushwhackers. Remember the wrestlers? Nah, I don't um, as I like to call him Luke Bushwhacker. <laughs> it's, it's funnier to me. The Bushwhacker Luke to me is not as funny as Luke Bushwhacker. So <laughs> Luke has been begging me to go to this bar that he runs for a while and I was out in Tampa so I went to go see Luke and then Luke sent me over to go see Nick Hogan at Hogan's Hangout and uh, it is wrestler pro wrestler capital of the world Clearwater Florida and you can and you can give it all to Hulk Hogan Hulk Hogan made Clearwater like the place to be at different points in time over the past 30 years and it's seen its ups and downs, and it is out there in the middle of fucking the ocean, and it is clear, well, Gulf Ocean, but it is clear water, and it is beautiful. And the, and the, and the only thing is, is that the tourist population isn't as big as it used to be, I find, but it is definitely, the people that live there, you could tell live there, like... You know, like, bro, you talk about Leatherface. Like, bro, everybody there is just Hulk Hogan leathered out. Like, blonde hair. The sun just turned their hair blonde if they were white people. And, the, and, and, and you know, the, the black people are, are fucking black, bro. It is dark. It is. That sun hits in fucking the Gulf on the tip hard. I mean, hard. That sun ain't like that Jersey sun. You get out there, you get that Hulk Hogan tan, dog. And I was out there tanning it up. Clearwater is an awesome place, but it is a wrestler's sanctuary, a wrestler's haven. And I wouldn't be reminisced to say that I will probably spend the rest of my life there. 
I think that in my old age, I'm just going to pick up where Hogan left off, dude. This goes on me. I got the skullet. I got the long blonde sides. I'm fucking pumping like fucking three cc's of fucking testosterone in my ass. Keeping the dick going. Fucking blue diamonds just forever alive like Ric Flair. Just never say die. Like, look at Rick. Slick Rick, the ruler, bro. He's still out there like... Bro, somebody showed me a video because he lives in the same complex as Ric Flair, and it's Ric Flair in the parking lot of a complex coming home after a night of probably just getting laid, right? Like Rick's been drinking. He gets dropped off in like an Uber. You see him come out the door, and he's wooing, and he's just shaking his shit on a security camera that doesn't he doesn't even know is on, and he does not give a fuck if it is on. He hopes somebody sees that. And... They got it going on out there in Clearwater. You never get old. You continue, You wake up every day. The sun hits. It gets fucking rainy in the... So the summers in Florida, you're going to rain every day. And then it dries up, and then it's gone. Yeah. But then you're still dealing with that humidity. Uh. And, and it, it is a motherfucker. And I lived through it. And when I think about it now, I'm like, I don't know how I did it. Because I would be out in the world after a certain period of time, jeans on. I could wear a hoodie out. You understand? Like, I wrestled in that heat. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then had practice in a building that had air conditioning, thank God. But not the original one in Tampa. In Florida Championship Wrestling, it was a sauna. Holy fuck. So, the athlete sweats a little different, you know? And uh, But now when I'm out that bitch, I'm no shirt, ball shorts. I'm wearing basketball shorts, the 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 champion mesh because they make the best mesh there is. Champion shorts are the best mesh shorts in the world. Fuck Nike, fuck all Adidas, all y'all motherfuckers. If I had a deal with a company, I would want it to be champion, not even the others. I already got Jordan made me Jays, and I ain't in the NBA, and I'm always DTF, but I'll need an NDA. All right. <laughs> And, yeah, he's stupid for that one, and that was bars. But <laughs> I now at this point in my life, I want the champion deal. I'll make that happen. Haven't even, haven't even. I just vocalized it for the first time. But yeah, champion the brand because why? Well, fuck, I'm a champion, man. Forever champion, man. Look at that title on that motherfucker. The realest champs. We need that champion collab. I've been wearing these mesh shorts since forever. Y'all know these cons? Catch me in something different. Never. I mean, and that's another thing that gets nice about being uh, who you wanted to be when you grew up, right? I bought the Gucci things. I wore all the cool things that I liked. I wore all the Jordans. I got them all. Everything that I ever wanted was a feasible purchase, really. I drove a Corvette. I had a Harley Davidson, and I fucking bought all the sneakers that I could ever buy. And what did I find? None of that shit meant a damn thing. <laughs> the Harley was dope. The Corvette was fun. But convenience sake, man, I'd rather have, you know, the, the, the gladiator that I have now. Drop the top on a Jeep is, to me, enough. I don't really care about cars, but that's just me. You know, some people live for cars, and that's why they wanted to make money. I cared more about the shoes on my feet than the shoes on my car, you know? I don't know. But then, like I says, Jordan makes me Jordans, and... I become an action figure and I'm wearing the clothes that I always wanted to wear with the toy and shit. And I understand marketing. So not to say that if I'm on television, I'm not going to do it again. Flex on you hoes. But my flex now is being in the club amongst the celebrities in a pair of mesh shorts with no sleeves on. And in my own gym's shirt. This is North Bergen Boxing Club. This is where we at. That's my shit. The realest champs, that's my shit. You know, real one t-shirts, that's my shit. That's the flex now. And when it comes to the shorts, it's comfort over everything. And I realized that when I, when I had a bad back. When I quit the WWE, well, I didn't quit. They fired me. 
But when I when I quit wrestling for a bit, because I did quit, because you can't call it retiring because I was too young. I just quit. I quit on everybody. I was like, I'm done with this shit. You guys hurt my feelings, and everybody called me something that I wasn't. I quit. <laughs> so a couple years there, I wasn't wrestling at all is when my back hurt the most. Right out the gate, when I left WWE, in the morning, I could not put my pants on. Straight facts. Couldn't bend over and touch my toes. So I started wearing the mesh shorts because I could just fucking throw them down with my fingers, step into them, and pull them up. And I was, half the time, drawless. Just couldn't even put on underwear. Just, and then I was wearing them cotton champion shorts and the mesh shorts that were champion. And that was the only comfort. And then my back hurt so bad I couldn't wear pullover shirts. So I didn't like, so I was always wearing buttons. So my shit had buttons, you know. I put one side in. It was like a Hawaiian shirt. I looked like Jimmy Buffett that didn't give a fuck. Like I wore, I wore slippers. I wore mesh shorts. And uh, uh, no sleeve, uh, fucking buttons, no, no, put it over my head because my neck hurt, my back hurt. And imagine my parents see me living like this and they're like, what the fuck, Eric? Like, and my sister, like, Eric, dye your hair, Eric, like, shave your face, Eric, like, fucking put on some clothes, Eric. You have Gucci shit. So my sister's giving me such a hard time about this. I gave her every bit of Gucci clothes I had. All the fucking Louis Vuitton, Gucci, everything I had, I just gave to my sister. I was like, now I don't have to wear it because you can. Like, I don't need this shit. So she's probably sitting on like thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 worth of Gucci shit. Ooh. And um, that's how you blow money. So anyway, I... At this point in my life, I'm like, I ain't blowing money. I'm going to save my money, and I'm going to wear my own merch. And I don't give a fuck what anybody has to think or say because that thing that you're doing that you deem cool, I already did that shit, man. I did that shit better than anybody. All You know, it was just Father's Day, and I was just wondering when I was going to get a fucking phone call from all these wrestlers that are wearing sneakers now, my son's. What, what happened? Not a single phone call from any of you little fucks. <laughs> Father's Day comes around. You're supposed to call Uncle Zell, say thank you, sir, for breaking barriers in our business and kicking down doors in the freshest pair of Jordans that anybody's ever seen. Uh, you're welcome, everyone. Uh, that's about all I got for you. This is the episode that gets you canceled. And um, <laughs> good luck. Try to cancel me again. See if I give a fuck. I'm not out here talking about the jab or anything. Come on. You know? We're not talking politics. Eh. Did we talk about politics? Absolutely not. Speaking of politics, hey, RFK Jr. is the fucking man. And I've shown you guys in the past little side conversation I got going with RFK Jr. If I can get RFK Jr. on this podcast, my life will be complete. I'll have to DM him because he did respond to my DMs. That guy is a real American. Yo, get him on. RFK Jr., if you on. haven't had the chance, watch him on Jordan Peterson that came out a week ago. Watch him on Joe Rogan and listen to this man speak. Look, it, we got to save children's lives. They can't defend themselves. You got to help everyone that you can help defend these kids. You know, that's what he's doing. And he is, he is he, man, he's unbelievable. He talks about how the only people sticking up for these, these, these kids was moms. He's a lawyer. And how he has these, these he's, he's doing these lectures and women, the same women keep showing up in the 80s. And they're always the mothers of these children. It's moms, bro. It's women. It's mothers. It's, it's not the, it's. And like, hey, I got, I got love for all the single moms out there working the pole. We got nothing but love for you. Do your thing, girl. But that's not what I'm, I'm speaking about. Oh, no. Bro, my mom is a saint. She's an angel. And like the love that a mom has, that's the love that the world needs. That's what's going to change the world. That's what RFK Jr. is preaching on. Because it's those women that defend their kids. Half the time when a dad runs off and he's being a piece of shit or not paying alimony. We're all fucking around. Like, no, it's the woman who takes care. 
And we need to take care of our women. We need to take care of our children. We need to make sure that they're being taken care of, man. And you got to listen to this guy speak to understand how genuine of a human he is. He's a Kennedy. He doesn't have to do this. There's no money in it for him. This ain't about money. Everything he did in this book that he came out with, The Real Dr. Fauci, every penny went to, to charities. And he, and, and he put himself out there, risk, risking his life. A Kennedy rising up against the CIA. Bro. Bro, no fear. That's some man shit, dog. That, that is a certified G if I've ever fucking seen one, dog. Like, fucking shout out Mr. Kennedy. What a, what a dude. We hope and we pray uh, for that the pendulum swings the other way. And uh, we see this country get back to being, you know, a place where children feel safe. Ain't that right? Amen. All you kids out there in the crowd at the wrestling show that think wrestling's real, I'm real one. I got you.